Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sport's same-game multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. And when you do join up at Top Sport, use the promo code UNFILTERED and they will treat you like a king, 100%. If you're a regular, welcome back. If you're new, welcome, Big Nuts. Great to have you on board for the hottest podcast on the market. See, we talk to the superstars, not about them. Said it before, if you want opinions, go and talk to your bloody mother-in-law. But if you want interviews with the biggest names in rugby league, you come to us. We've got more than a dozen interviews on this episode alone. That's more than most podcasts have in an entire year. Some current day stars, some legends from yesteryear to footy talk, shit talk, we got it all. This is the Weekly Wodge. You've been warned. The journey so far, our youngest superstars have lived and breathed footy pretty much 24-7 since the age of about, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, I guess. So when they do get their break in the top grade, most of them are pretty comfortable. Yeah, they're a little nervous because it's first grade, but they're comfortable. From the mighty Bulldogs, Matt Dury has joined the podcast. What do you remember, mate, of debut day if we wind the clock back to round 14, 2020? Um, debut day, I remember it was a, it was a sunny day at, um, Bankwest Stadium. Yep. Um, we, we were up against the, uh, the Tigers and that you, uh, uh, I think we only won like two games or something, two or three games. Yeah, she was a battle. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got told before the game, oh, I might play the last 15 minutes, come on and I'll see how we go. So, oh, like, as you can tell, I was fucking nervous, yeah. but, um. You know, I was just keen to rip in. And then I remember on the sideline, just the whole buzz, you know, before the game, the jersey presentation, then on the sideline, you just itching to get on, watching yeah. the boys. And I think the first 15 minutes, um, Rafe Talamarano, he, he was feeling crook on the field. So they took him off. And so I, I jumped on, I think, around the 20-minute mark. And I was I was fucking nervous. Wow. Was, had big Leilua, both the Leilua brothers on one side and all that Um so and then Benji, I remember Benji. I was up against too. So that was pretty pretty cool to yeah. first, Benji, first game, you know. And um, yeah, I remember coming on. I took a carry straight away. It was like a solid carry. And then the next we scored. That's it. They kicked off, and then that's when Foz made the break. And then I he got me under the post. So it was pretty special to score my debut. Mate, hundred percent yeah. a meaty on debut. That is yeah. the absolute dream. Take us back to the jersey presentation. Yep. Um, who presented your jersey, mate, and, and what did that feel like? 
Yeah, so um, because of COVID, our parents, like my parents, weren't allowed in the, yeah. the whole thing. So um, we got a Tony Grimaldi. He he presented mine. It's pretty special to have a bloke like that. He's a he's um he helped me out through through that whole year, especially with COVID, because yep. I wasn't playing, so he was just flogging me on Saturday. So it yeah. was good to have him around and um yes, present me the jersey. As you said, COVID had hit. There was only a small crowd of a few thousand. The yep. crowd was irrelevant because made it. It felt like there was a million there for you. End of the match, um, does the word heartbreaking sum it up? Like I was buzzing that whole game and then I was up by 10 points something with like 10 minutes to go mm. and you know, I felt pretty good. I thought we had this and then yep. as most of our games recently, we just fell off the cliff for the last 10 minutes yeah. and oh yeah, I remember Luke Brooks kicking that field goal. I, I was charging down the kick too and I just turned around and looked at the post and oh, went in. no. Oh, yeah, no. It's still, it's still a... Still a good night after, so yeah. mate. Um, who was more emotional on the day? Uh, you or the family? I'd say the family, to be yeah. honest. Like, I, I, was, I was more buzzing the play, I was more excited, whereas yeah, my, my family is good, to, uh, probably could tell, mate. Uh, you got elevated to the top 30, you then did a full pre season going into last year. Many blokes. In fact, a lot of blokes tell me that first full season, absolutely brutal, but it's great because you push yourself and you find out a little bit more about yourself, your limits and what you need to do and where, sort of where you need to be to, to be a first grader. Is that true? Yes. So I had, I had a sort of disrupted pre-season because the last, my debut year, I did, I did my PCL and then I was out for six weeks, and then the first week back at pre-season, I did it again. Oh. So I missed the first Christmas break, and then so I come back. And so I started the year off in cup for the first six rounds. Yep. And I was a bit pissed. Like yeah. I thought like I should be starting, whatever, blah, blah. So that sort of drive, drive me to get back. So I think then my first game back is when I got knocked out by Talakai. So that That's was a good. Right. <laughs> that was a good freaking uh, experience, <laughs> but um, no, nah, like so the whole first year was just, especially how we're going to it was more just sort of understanding the grind of first grade. Yep. Sort of like to con- like to play consistent footy. Like I started my first few games off pretty good, and then through that middle part, it was tough to find. Wouldn't say motivation, more just the drive to yeah keep keep turning up, especially when getting flogged every week. But yeah. Hundred sort percent. Of just understanding that that grind of first grade. Yeah, it makes plenty of sense. Thanks for stopping in. Great man. Chat again soon. Too easy. We've seen a bit of a shift in the West Tigers in recent years in terms of staff and a few old faces, old heads, and old bodies returning to the club in a range of different off-field roles. Guys like uh, Robbie Farah, Benji Marshall, Rowdy Lawrence come to mind. Current Tiger, Luke Garner, has lobbed, mate. Good having old blokes around the joint in terms of knowing the history, knowing how important the logo on the jersey is. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit of um, our culture at the club is, um, you know, keeping those fellas around. Um, like, like you said, we've got uh, Farah, Benji, um, Rowdy. Also got, you know, um, Paddy Richards. and Yep. You know, in the past, we've had the Scando and, and Hojo and whatnot, um, you know, floating around the club. So, um, you know, it's, it's really important for us. And, um, you know, they, they're obviously ex-players themselves, so they, they help out where they can. And, um, yeah, well, the boys are really appreciative of it. That list of five that you just read out, I mean, such passionate Tigers men, those guys. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're Tigers legends and they'll, uh, they'll definitely go 
down in history are some of the best players to play the game. Are they good in terms of morale or have they still got that unbelievable footy mind where they can actually tip you up on something if they see it at training or in the game? Yeah, well, that's 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 pretty pretty right. You know, we got um, we got we got Farah and uh, and uh, Paddy Richards floating around at training, mm. doing some stuff with their their respective uh, positions. And um, you know, unfortunately, haven't haven't got Chris Lawrence back on the park yet. But yeah. I, was, I was chatting with mate. Got to be honest with me here, Paddy Richards. Have you tried to catch one of his kickoffs yet? And if so, how'd you go? Or are you just brushing that? Um, that's not for me, mate. Yes. Oh, I'm a back row. I'm no winger or fullback. That's, that's not my uh, my field of expertise. A huge shout-out to the legends on Facebook that love their Warriors. Warriors Uncut. Search them up and get into it. Full-on footy talk from these legends. Now, you can listen to any of our interviews and episodes at any time, and they'll make sense. None of them date. None of them. They're all waiting for you for when you're ready to listen. Let's rewind to early in the go with one of the most amazing fullbacks ever, the great Anthony Minicello. With the setbacks, it makes the bounce back often uh, more appreciated and, and makes you prouder yep. of what you've done. In 2011, you had returned and returned to the type of form that saw you once again put a State of Origin jersey on. How fulfilling was that? Yeah, that was that was pretty fulfilling because in I think that game in 2007 when I got I was already been injured and I got selected back in Origin. I had a game. It was a, yeah, it was a game up in Queensland, and you know my wife's pretty passionate, and you know she she could get into a few arguments if she wanted to on the <laughs> in the crowd. And I said, oh look, don't don't come up to Queensland because. Yeah. You'll probably end up in an argument, you know. <laughs> Just wait to Sydney game two. You'll have to fight so the whole sort of, state. Yeah, that's right. So I said, look, don't don't come up. Wait to Sydney. And, you know, as the story went, as I just mentioned, I got injured and didn't play that game in game two. Yeah. So I always sort of regretted that moment. Um, and then coming back in 2011, you know, she was at the game and all the family were there and, you know, I scored the winning try, and yep. it was that was a pretty amazing moment. You know, for for everyone and myself included. Did it feel right? Did it feel as though, through all the setbacks and the pain you'd been through, that the football gods or whoever was looking over you, you know, just did you a favour and made it right on that night? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I was hoping they'll make it right in game three, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, look, that was a that was a really special moment. That one game too. That was from episodes fourteen and fifteen in our library. Let's go forward to two fourteen and two fifteen. From ball boy to head coach, a second generation footy guy, a terrific guy too, Craig Fitzgibbon. I was just always like, if this is a big game, I was gonna just go. A non-stop go. So it's just like just constantly just challenging yourself to the situation and getting yourself above and beyond that. And then if mentally you're 
If you're, I was physically prepared through the, the way we were training, but mentally I was mm. just never going to allow a big game moment to miss um, or, or not get caught going after it. And, you know, what I've failed sometimes for sure. Like I'm not – big games generally serve me well over the course of my career, but I also miss my mark on a few of them. So as I said earlier, four grand finals in five years, but then the drought hit for the Roosters from 05 for five seasons, no grand final. At the end of 09, you waved us goodbye. You took off to Super League. Premature? Right time, wrong time? No, right time. Right was time. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was hard. I wouldn't have said that then. I was obviously spewing, but yep. I, I, with, um, like, we had a good year in 2008 with Freddie, and then there was another yeah. turning of uh, leadership, a turning of players, and yep. Freddie was going to back the young guys to come through there, and in, in 09, we just didn't get it done for yep. him. And um, I was... At, I'd been there 10 years, right? And I, when Rico, Freddie, all those guys sort of left at the one time, so I was sort of like a – and Braith was just coming in as a leader then. Yeah. I felt really, really uh, isolated as a leader. I don't think I did a great job in those first couple of years, and I sort of felt like I was finding my groove there, but I also knew that I had a job. I was going to – the Roosters had talked about looking after me eventually, whatever that looked like, I don't know. I thought I, I needed to get away, and I reckon the club – Needed to get away from me as much as I needed to get away and, wow. and have a space there, just to, to have a space. I was only going to go for one year, but I enjoyed it so much. I stayed for two, and then really the physical decline in my shoulder was sort of starting that first year. I hung in there the first year with oh, I had surgery again and tried the second year. And I, I ended up playing the whole year, but I was I was I was shot. I just couldn't get my arm. I couldn't lift my arm up after games. I, I knew it was done. So, but in returns of prematurely or whatever, if I could have, I'd have stayed for as long as I could. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, you know. Aussies stand together, hit twice but still strong. The north coast of Australia was smashed twice by Mother Nature. In conjunction with Hunter Valley Promos and Rotary Club Curry Curry, we're raising funds for the people of Lismore to make a difference. Huge thanks to our awesome sponsors, Hunter Valley Promotions, Creative Property, Lake Mac Loans, 3D Demolition, Aussie Meats, The Horse and Jockey Hotel, Tiger Industries, Damien's Party, Griffin Air Conditioning, THN Construction, Game Farm, Tegan's Hairdressing, Finesse Bookkeeping, A Little Tail, Hey Aircon, Mechlek, Hooked and Screaming, Chelmsford Hotel, Tackle Power, Torwoods Golf Club, Black Butt Hotel, Bellbird Butchery and iRovers Patea. Thanks for your support, legends, as we look to make a difference. Aussies stand together, hit twice but still strong. Remember I said any episode, any time? Well, here's proof. Nico Hines from 18 months ago. On August 11, 2019, our guest made his NRL debut for the Melbourne Storm. Nico Hines, let's go back to that day. What are your best memories of it? Um, oh, just being in my hometown, I guess, and yeah. having looking, look, running onto the field and looking down the end of the field and having a whole section of like my best mates and family um, sitting there cheering on for me and kind of gives me a bit of uh, goosebumps now thinking about it, to be honest. And then after the game, I ran over and jumped into the into my brother's arms pretty much into the crowd and um, yeah it's a very surreal feeling and something that I'll uh, hold very close to my heart and I'll never forget 
for a young guy that is playing with the Melbourne Storm and debuts with the Melbourne Storm, there's a one in two chance, I guess, that your debut is going to actually be in Melbourne. To have it in your hometown, the Central Coast, it was almost like it was meant to be. Yeah, that's what I um, that's what I say to my, my family. Actually, all the stars aligned that day, and yeah. I remember when I first went down for the preseason uh, in, for the Storm. I actually told the story when my brother handed my jersey to me. Um, I was only meant to go down there for a preseason, wasn't signed at the time, yeah. and then the draw came out, um, and I seen that game South against Storm at Central Coast Stadium was like later in the year, and I was like, rang your brother straight away. I said, look at the draw. I said. Man, I, I want to. I'm going to be picked for that game. I want to make sure I'm picked for that game, and then come closer to it. I didn't think it was going to happen, and then it turns out it ended up happening. And there I was running out in Central Coast Stadium, where I played a fair bit of my juniors as well. So, um, yeah, I I still pinch myself about it to be honest. Like running out there in my hometown and in front of my home, all my best friends and family. You know, it's just it's just a perfect fairy tale, I guess. It was, and there was a huge Nico Hines fan club there. That day, and they are all a little on the loose side. They'd been enjoying themselves. <laughs> Mate, um, it was your brother that presented the jersey to you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was going to do it because me, my mum, my dad, brother, stepmom, and my uh, brother's wife was there, and they were all outside at the time, and I didn't know he was going to walk through with the jersey and ended up being my brother, which is uh, pretty special, and it was special for him, and he, he's helped me out um, a hell of a lot through my short career and, and getting to the NRL and so is my dad so didn't know which one was going to happen but it ended up being my brother and I was yeah, grateful for that. I reckon that is enormous. Great day, great memories. Many more to come I reckon. Thanks for dropping in Nico. No worries. <laughs> On the 25th of October 2019, our guest made his international debut. He repped New Zealand against the Aussies, Corey Harawira-Nader. What stands out about the entire experience? Where do I start? It's just yeah. like when you kind of just find out you're in the mix and they made name that wider squad, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I know you just get kind of bubbly inside and it's at the end of the season too, so you're still like hanging around waiting for all the finals to play and you're just like, fars, like, Am I going to get in? Am I not? Yeah. But once you kind of get that call, and we had the nines that year as well, so it was kind of a really yeah. good introduction because he had, you know, Blairy played, Shawnee played, and it was kind of mm. got to know them and then all the other big dogs come in the following week. So it was just like, I don't know, there was a few times where I just had to sit there and just sort of take it all in and just be like, oh, Roger, <laughs> yeah. Jared, like it's just, oh, and, and knowing like they're all good people too. Like mm. as a young fella coming through, you, you kind of feel like, there's this kind of, I don't know, difference in personality to, you know, what they're on the field to, mm. to what they are personally, but they're all obviously top followers and, yeah, they make the whole experience and worth it and, and they all make time for you. And Jared's probably one that stood out for me the most. He was always just checking in on me. You nervous, bro? Don't be nervous. You know, do you need anything, any extras, all this stuff? But then, yeah, the experience as a whole was, was pretty cool and being able to, um, do it with my family there. My first game was, even though I only got, I think I got 15 minutes, but it was probably one of the best 15 minutes yeah. I've ever had in my career. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah, you can't you can't compare it to anything really. Mate, speaking of, of family, how proud were they of, of something like that? Uh, I would imagine, I would imagine in a lot of occasions, the family is just as, if not more proud than the, the player. Yeah. No, nah, my, my granddad's probably one that, is probably the proudest, and um, he's been a 
been a bit crook lately, so he's, he's really invested in, you know, everything Lovely. that's going on. He's always ringing me, you know, at least once a week, just, you know, figuring out, you know, you got niggles, are you enjoying preseason? How's the body? Um, how's the team going? What do you reckon it's going to look like? There's all these questions. So yep. um, I feel like back in his day, he missed his shot. So he's kind of like pushing me. He doesn't want to, you know, make the same decisions yep. he, he did and, and stuff it up. But yeah, him and mama are probably the two that were probably the obviously most proudest. And I remember just even my debut, me and mum just crying on each other. And even it was pretty close at the at the Kiwis game, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was just, actually, I ended up giving my debut jersey to my pop and I had the GPS. <laughs> so Did it really? I, get it. Yeah. I just gave the whole thing to him. I was just like, oh, I've got to give it to him. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Proud Maori heritage in the family, doing the haka in the black and white, representing everyone. How special is that for the first time? Oh, it's yeah, it was pretty crazy when we first had a hockey practice. Larry was like, "Nah, Bo, you're in the front." And I was just like, "Whoa, oh, this is really? crazy." <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't choose to. Like, I don't know if he knew I was obviously proud about doing it, but he was just like, "Brother, you're on the front, so it's up to you. You're gonna have to lead us, kind of thing." And I was just like, "Bro, you know, on international or national television back home, you yeah. know, all my family mates, for them to see it, and like even just like the." Um, off the back of it and all the messages I was getting, it just made, oh, I don't know, I feel like I put more into the, to the hucker than I do the game sometimes. <laughs> okay, so not every great player makes a great coach. Not every great coach actually needs to have been a great player. It's far more complex than that. Over the years, I reckon I've become okay at being able to pick which player would go on to be successful as a coach. And this bloke, if he decides to go that track, is 100% what I'm talking about. Johnny Sutton, head coaching. Is it something you'd look at in a few years' time or more so a specialist-type coach? Um, to be honest, probably at the moment, specialist type coach. I don't think I'm just just from seeing the last year or so, not being a player, just watching the coaching. It's a very stressful job. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, obviously, just one year out, I'd probably like to, um, you know, just work my way into it and not take, not try to rush anything. Yep. Um, you know, just to get to learn the skills. And um, I think I'm really good at being able to talk to players and stuff that. Um, you know, coaching is another different thing. You don't have to – there's footy side, then there's the other, you know, lifestyle of um, yeah. coaching and stuff. And you have to be able to – and, you know, just coming first year, I like to get more experiences in um, in the areas to um, become maybe a su- successful coach one day. Did you learn a whole lot more about rugby league this year in retirement than you actually did when you were playing? Um, I probably learned more about people this year than yep. – them when I was playing, I just, yeah, like I was just sitting on a different side, like not as a player's side and just watching, um, you know, just the group and the way the coaches go. I'd, I feel like um, for me it was a good learning curve um, yep. just sitting back and watching all the coaches go to work and um, how they talk to players and interact. Mate, a coaching team is so much more than just a head coach now. Everyone on that coaching team has very specific roles, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has to pull their weight. Yeah, definitely. 
How easy or how difficult has it been working with players that you actually played with? <laughs> it's been pretty easy, to be honest, this, this year with um, everything that was going on. Um, you know, I've obviously learned a lot just being around the boys and the coaching staff. And um, yeah, as, as I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, I'm just trying to enjoy what I'm doing now. And I hear stories about coaching being addictive. Have you got the bug, you reckon? I haven't got the bug yet. No. Not, not yet. <laughs> Mate, the negative no. about it, I guess, is the constant head fuck from the players, the media, the supporters, and the basically yeah. 24-7 pressure. Is that something that you reckon you could deal with or is it something that's enough oh, to at the scare moment, you? Yeah, at the moment, no, I can't deal with that. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to find my feet and trying to see what's best going to work for me, what coaching style. And um, but obviously with our role, I'm... You know, I've got a little experience there and I you know, like to speak up and um, help the players out. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions our superstars are giving their answers. Look out! Let's start with the genetic jackhammer, father of eight, Benny Hannant. Ricky from South Africa, and I reckon this is our first international question. He asks, post-footy, what got you interested in boxing? Uh, I remember seeing uh, other players doing these celebrity matches and and I always thought, oh, I could do that. Yeah. I always thought it, never thought much of it, but then... When I saw there was an NRL boxing night on and that the, the card was pretty much full, except for no one would fight Josh Papali. Yeah. And I, I just thought, of, what's him? Like, I'm intrigued. Oh, who's going to fight him? Well, weeks go by, more weeks go by, yeah. still no one fighting him. And then <laughs> I just commented on Instagram on, on one of the posts. Is that how it started? That's literally, oh, it was just me making a joke on Instagram. Yeah. And then within 20 minutes, someone called me. Wow, and said, "Would you would you seriously consider it?" I'm like, well, surely you got someone. I'm like, no, nah, no one will fight him. A respect Tom, thing, Tom and thing. Yeah. They don't want to fight each other. But um, they said, "Would you?" It's, it's four weeks away. Would you consider doing it? Obviously, I didn't do it for free. They paid me a little bit of cabbage, yeah. which was nice. But uh, you did on four weeks. I, I've never put gloves on in my life before this. So I had four weeks Shit. to learn. And the, ask um, Chris Walker. Yeah. Chris Walker came to my first week of boxing training. He came and sparred me. And at the end of the training session, I've never seen more worried look on his face. He looked at the coach and looked and said, Ben, I don't think you should do this. Did he really? He said, mate, you, you're going to get hurt. Don't, don't do wow. it. I said, no, mate, I've committed to do it. I'm going to do it. He came back the following week. I trained every day. So what I did essentially, I didn't have time to hit pads or punch bags. I got my, my six Tonga mates from church. One yep. of them, luckily, one of them was used to be the heavyweight champion of Australia. And he's got five brothers the same size that he boxes with. And I said, boys, can you come every day and spar me every day? And, wow. and uh, that's what they did. And, and within a week, I learned to keep my eyes open when they punch. And the same with footy. I'm, I've never been talented. Mm. My big thing is I'm always going to work harder. And same with okay. Josh Papali. I looked at him and thought, I don't care what you throw at me. I'm going to take you to the deep. And if you can swim, yep. you'll be all right. We'll, we'll go the distance. If not, I'm going to drown you. I had that approach. I'm going to go after him. And I think... That's what really surprised a lot of people is they always thought, and I am, you don't have to be a big tough bloke to fight. Mm. It's just, it's a sport. It's a game of chess, exactly the same. You learn the skills mm. and, and you do the preparation for anything. You do the prep, there's nothing you can't achieve. And I've got eight kids. 
Yeah. Three of them are on the spectrum, on the ASD spectrum. One's ADHD as well. We've got three of them that are dyslexic. But I try and teach my kids, you can be whatever you want to be. You yeah. can achieve whatever you want. The only person stopping you achieve is you. You might have to work harder than someone else, but you're going to get there. And that was another perfect opportunity showing my kids that, you know, I'm going to do something that most people are mm. seeing as impossible or crazy, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to surprise everyone. I'm going to show you, look, I'm going to do the work. Mm. Look, Dad's not I – was, I was crapping my dax, but I said, yeah. look, look at Dad. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to get the job. And the kids might – if anyone, I think I shocked a lot of people, but the big thing, the big lesson learned was to my eight kids that along that four-week journey and then seeing the outcome of the fight, watching the fight yeah. and seeing how it went, how I surprised everyone and everyone – Thought I was a little bit hard done by, but it, you know it was a, it was a fantastic fight, and I've earned a few more fights since. But it, it's I, I don't look at anything in life and think you know that's too hard for me. I'll, yep. I'll take it on and give it my absolute all. And I know if I do the work, you have to be a damn damn good bloke to take to, to beat me. And that and you know Josh Papali is pretty darn good. He plays for Australia, he yeah. plays for Queen Current. He got in the best shape of his life. He's never been fitter, stronger, and faster. He said, "I'm like, mate, don't say those words. Yeah, they're the famous last words. You never want to say that, but." You know, yeah. I'd, I'd love a rematch, but um, I, I don't know where he, I think he's, he said no to that, but, you know, if any chance he wants to do it again or... And now a trip back in time to the Black Flash, Larry Corowa. Ersko asks, you played five games for New South Wales in what was then known as the Interstate Series. The first was in 1978. What do you remember of your debut? Lang Park, the old Lang Park mm. where you had to walk through the club to get to the dressing rooms. That's right, yeah. And you got all these mad Queenslanders, <laughs> you know, doing all sorts of things. They would have been half full by that stage. Oh, they were pretty well full, yeah. yeah but it was a great experience. But, you know, I had a bloke that I roomed with was um, a calming influence on me. That was Michael Cronin, the crow. Wow. So, um, yeah. yeah, as I said, very calming influence and um, – you know, didn't set me up for any dumps or anything, just said, I'll look after you. So, you Is know, he the nicest guy in rugby league? Oh, it has to be. Yeah. You know, I've never met a – well, Olsen Filipano. Yeah. You know, but Mick Cronin's one of the greatest guys mm. I've ever met in rugby league. Olsen obviously just recently passed away, and it, I guess as we get older we, we become more aware of our surroundings and also our mm. age, but there's too many good ones going far too early. It is, mate, yeah. And um, I didn't really know how serious Olsen's yeah. um, health was and um, I kept in contact with his daughter, Louise, and uh, she said, I've got to fly down to Sydney because he's been admitted to hospital and you know, in 16 days they had to take the life support on because his organs failed on him. We'll go back to that game for New South Wales. You scored a try on debut. You won the game 25-19. Let's run through the side. Ian mm. Schubert was the fullback, the wingers, Terry Fay and yourself, Mick Cronin, Steve Rogers in the centres. Isn't that a centre pairing? Uh, Bobby Fulton, Tommy Radonikus, the halves. Greg Pierce was the captain and lock. Second row, Steve Hargey, Terry Randall up front, Ian Thompson, Max Krillich and Paul Kahn. And the side was coached by Frank Stanton. I think it's safe to say that side you are not going to squeeze into any salary cap. What a list. Yeah, mate. And I was, you know, in awe of, yeah. you know, who the blokes I was playing with, you know. Two or three years before that, I was playing just down in in a Canberra competition, yeah. you know, and watching it on TV. Next minute I'm up here playing up with, you know, the blokes that, um, you know, you just idolise. And... Um, 
it was it was a great experience for me, um, and it, it I became a man from a boy to a man yep. in Sydney in that first year. So I matured very quickly, and to play with some great players um, it was you know just enormous. It's a common thread from guys of, of your vintage that they. Yeah, they improved as footballers, but more importantly, they improved as young men and they learned a lot about themselves as young men as soon as they were introduced to that club environment because back in the day, the old grumpy front rower could give you a kick up the arse if you did the wrong thing or if you were getting ahead of yourself. Um, You learn your spot. Exactly, yeah, and they don't pull any punches. They just Mm. tell it how it is, they give you the truth. And um, it's an experience that, you know, I'll never forget that first game. And, uh, um, you know, blokes like um, Mick and Steve Rogers in the centres, mm. mate, you know, just can't. You can't. There's not another pairing like it that I've seen yep. since, yeah. you know, that which complemented each other. Yep. Then you had one of the best five-eights, uh, you know, at, a, at the back end of his career yeah. in Bezo and, and uh, Tommy and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tommy Paul, I, I'll, I'll tell a story that when you go into the dressing rooms, there's two dressing rooms in the old dressing room. So one where you get changed, and one another room where you go and then have a nervous whizzer. And yep. I walked in there, and there's Tommy slapping Terry Randall around the ears and the face, and uh, Tommy's <laughs> saying, "We're going to bash him. We're going to do this. We're going to grab him here. We're going to gouge him. We're going to do everything." And Igor's eyes, I've never seen a bloke's eyes just rolling around and glassy. And I walked out and I sat next to Mick and I said, so these two blokes out here are slapping each other. And Mick said, just sit down here, son. <laughs> just sit down here, son. You'll be right. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. And when you join, don't forget, use the promo code UNFILTERED. Top Sport will treat you like kings. Joining us from Top Sport, the top dog, Tristan Merlihan. Got one for you here, boss. Uh, Long been a believer that it's post-origin and it's the perfect time to start forecasting for the finals or the run to the finals, yes or no? Absolutely. And, yeah, good to chat as always. And, yeah, I think this is the opportune time we're through – two games out of the three now of origin and, um, you know, you always have a concern in the back of your mind how some of those high-flying teams are going to get through. So the likes of Penrith and, and Melbourne, and obviously we've still got one game to navigate through, but they're certainly through the the bulk of it. And, um, and yeah, they've got through on scale. So it's certainly a good time to look into the future. And Penrith and Melbourne are very short to, to win the comp collectively. 230 Penrith, 325 Melbourne. Then you've got the teams in that middle batch. Because um, don't forget what happened last year where, one of those sides dropped game one and then they ended up on the same side of the draw. So there is a little bit of value because anything can happen in a one-off game. Yep. And Parramatta, Cowboys, Cronulla are all in that $10 to $12 mark. Roosters at 19 and the Broncos at 21. So they're the other teams in the mix. Mm. The team that I think has shown a little bit in recent times are Canberra. They're $61 to win the comp. But just looking at them to make the eight, they're just sitting outside of the eight at the moment. They're, th- they're $2.50. The Dragons are $3 who they play this weekend. 
So it's a massive game for those two sides this weekend to make the eight. And Manly, they're sitting there at $1.95, but I'm not convinced that they're that much superior than the other two sides. So I would be suggesting anyone that wants to have a little futures wager this weekend, whoever you like in that Canberra Dragons game, I'd have a little something on them to make the eight because I think whoever wins that will firm up considerably. Yeah, there's 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 a possible play for us. Now, same game, multis on top sport getting multiplied odds. Let me repeat that, getting multiplied odds, not a percentage of multiplied odds, and that's what you guys pride yourself on. Oh, we do. We, we, we pride ourselves on what we consider to be the, uh, the the best price in the marketplace on our same game multis. What I suggest to you, and, and ultimately it's up for you guys to make your own decision, but wherever you're currently betting, pop your same game multi in on, on your current platform, on whatever your next game is. Go to the Top Sport site, go to the Top Sport app, pop the same combination in with us and just compare where you're getting the better price. I'm very confident that more often than not, the top sport odds will be much better than what's out there in the marketplace. And ultimately, as a punter, you just got to secure the best price. Boss, neither of us have had much luck with the free bet. It's my turn again. So I've uh, I've gone for a batch of four wins. Storm, Cowboys, Eels, Raiders. And we are hitting the target at $5.65. $5.65. Storm, Cowboys, Eels, Raiders. Thank you, Top Sport. You can find them at topsport.com.au. Even better, download the app. And don't forget, when you do join up, use the promo code UNFILTERED. Seventy-odd games for our guest across three clubs. Liam Knight, uh, tough question, mate, but does one game stand out as a favourite? And if so, why? Um... Probably would have been the Roosters when we beat them by 50-odd. That was definitely that was an, uh, a pretty exhilarating moment for me, mate. I, uh, I was at the club for a little bit. I was obviously on the wrong end of some, some off-field stuff, but it just yeah. felt nice for me, mate, beating our rival club and, and just really putting it to the Roosters a week before the finals. That was my favourite moment. Until you're part of the Roosters or the Rabbitohs, I've been told you don't really understand just how big that rivalry is. I, I, I don't like using the word hatred, but it's almost there. Yeah, mate. It's um, Obviously, didn't really get to experience it. The Roosters, they come to the Rabbitohs, mm. mate, and um, it just it's ingrained throughout the club. You know, it's not even a personal, any person in particular. It's just the club in general. You just you just learn to hate them and you enjoy the hatred and, and the rivalries there. It's, it's well alive and it's, and it's awesome, mate. It's awesome to be a part of it. 100%, mate. Least favourite game, last year's grand final. You didn't play, but you are forced to watch from the sideline. I reckon that would be nightmare stuff. Finally making the GF and having yeah. to watch on. Oh, mate, that was – it was pretty um, It was pretty soul-destroying, if I'm honest. So, uh, obviously, in saying that, I don't know, a bit mixed up here because it was hard to watch, uh, but I was also sitting there – so happy for my teammates, like mm. in all seriousness, like watching them go throughout the week. It was exciting. I was excited for them, but got to the game. It was that bittersweet, you know. Mm. Uh, I was pretty sitting there, felt pretty, pretty in my head, and I just, I was sad, like to be honest. But then I was, I watched it off, and I was just happy to be there, happy for the boys to be in. Obviously, that one that was so close to getting what we were, what we were after, but um, lots to be, mate. Cool inside. Appreciate it, your big loose unit. We'll chat again soon. Sweet, brother. Take it easy. Would you like a personal message? Something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. 
I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. A late bloomer, a late starter, debuted at 23-24. Proof not everyone has to be flying and into first grade as a teenager. Jamal Fogarty, what changed with you and what changed with your footy in order to get that debut game? Um, I think coming out of high school, um, you haven't really played against men. So obviously everyone at school, you're all similar size except for a couple of big poly boys and um, stuff like that. So you, you don't really understand what it takes to prep during the week, roll out, play football on the weekend. You're kind of just having a bit of fun, kind of, yeah, I'll just roll out, take, take the piss, have a bit of footy. Um, and then to come out of high school into a 20 system and then straight into an NRL contract at the Titans, um, you know, I just assumed that it was going to happen because everything kind of progressed pretty quick. And then um, after the two years at the Titans when I didn't, get re-signed. I had to go back and get a job and have to work five days a week and then train Queensland Cup four nights of an afternoon in the pre-season and then obviously you're training three nights a week playing on a Saturday or Sunday and then I think that kind of mentality and and that lifestyle really toughened me up, not so much physically but mentally just knowing, all right, you've got to eat good food, stretch a bit regularly, um, you know, making sure you're drinking a whole lot of water, just looking after yourself so you can play really good um, on the weekend. So I think that really made me mature and kind of gave me a good reality check because when you're coming through school and, you, and you're making those um, teams, you just, yeah, sweet, I'm, I'm going to be rolling straight into it. And then yeah. you kind of kick up the backside and, shit, I'm, I've got a job. Um, and then I think just in, in when I was playing Queensland Cup, I just had a good team and a good coach. You know, we kind of had a bit of a – no idiots policy kind of thing, just trying to be a good person first. And if we have great people at our club, then we're going to be playing some great footy and then just finding that balance of really enjoying my footy, but uh, making sure I'm still doing things away. And then got the call from the Titans, a bit of a late call up. They had a couple of injury dramas within their halves and um, was able to make my debut um, in 2017 against the West Tigers in Campbelltown on a, Nice, warm night of seven degrees. <laughs> Mate, you, you played two games in 2017, but you had to wait until 2020 to get your next chance. I'd imagine frustrating at times, but, geez, it, it says a lot about your character, I think, and I'm, I'm not pissing in your pocket, but it says a lot about your character that you didn't just settle for Queensland Cup or, or A-grade footy with, the, with your mates you still had a dream, but you figured out that you needed to do something extra. I, I think that's a, a huge wrap on you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think that probably, to be honest, comes back from my old girl, my old man, yep. um, and just just family. Um, obviously, everyone goes through their own struggles, but we, we were, you know, probably well, definitely poor growing up, mm-hmm. so missing out on a lot of things kind of brought a bit of resilience about me, and yeah. I think I've just carried that. Um, from from that young age and you know I still carry that today and you know kind of pinch myself even now I'm training full-time NRL I just think you know remember those times when you're training Queensland Cup and you wish you had an NRL dream um, NRL contract I wish I was doing this you know so I still try and 
pinch myself to keep me focused and I think that comes from my oldies and especially with my wife and little ones as well. I want to want to make them proud and try and give them everything I can. Closing in on 50 games in the next couple of weeks, buddy. Um, a lot of people will say you need to play at least 50 games before you actually start to, I guess, figure out first grade and figure out what you're capable of and feel settled. Are you still at the I'm learning every day stage? Um, yeah, I definitely think I am. Obviously, 2020 was um, crazy for myself. I was still training Queensland Cup at the start of March and then yeah. Titans signed me and then, you know, they just said, come up, you know, sign you on a development deal, you might get a game or two. And then I played every game, but the circumstances were weird because of COVID. So, you know, I've gone yeah. from how good's this, I'm playing NRL, but I can't leave my house. I can't get petrol, mm. um, you know, can't have visitors to your house. And then it was kind of like a couple of family members like, oh, how good's that playing NRL? I was like, well, it's kind of weird because I can't really – you know, go and say hello to the yeah. fans and sign stuff and do all the extra stuff that, you know, the NRL guys do. And then last year was was very similar. Um, so, but definitely learning um, every day, especially under Sticky, um, new teammates, um, new coaching staff. I've even asked the staff to put a couple of their games last year on, on a USB and I'm at home here um, with my little notepad writing down what certain um, key players in our team do, whether they right-hand carry, left-hand carry, left foot step, left-hand palm or what way they like to offload and just trying to analyse their games mm. because if I can understand how they play and what they do best, then it's all about, okay, how can he work for me or how can I get the ball to him in these positions more often instead of it just being a one-out carry or, you know, just going, mm. here you go, Jackie White, and do your best with four defenders on you. So uh, I'm definitely learning um, and, and, and that's, that's the part of the game that I love. I'm a bit of a footy nerd as well, so... Um, I'm always, you know, trying to improve my game, and I have to at this age. You know, I'm not someone that's got all the all the flair and X factor where I've got a bit of a sidestep and speed. I'm a little bit, a little bit different. So I've got to try and evolve as a player and as a person, so I can keep getting better and keep my job in the NRL. Thanks for dropping in, Legends. Always a pleasure. Not too easy. Thank you. Hey Legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. What about this nugget from Jason Hetherington? One guy who I don't think gets enough credit for how he played and what an athlete he was, but also how important he was for the Bulldogs, Billy Johnston. Oh, yeah. What, what, what are your memories of Billy? Uh, Billy and I are, are really close. Yeah. Um, got the utmost respect for him. Like I said earlier, he, he turned young boys into tough men. 
Yeah. Um, he did. Oh, just and a proven track record of that. Proven. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's – there's no substitute for hard work. You know, there's room for stats and science yeah. and – but there's, no, there's nowhere to hide on a footy field when the tough get going. Yeah. You know, Got a, f- and Billy turned us into tough men, emotionally tough men. Yeah, you know it, and the training was insane. Like yeah, it, it was. It, it was insane. Yep. But when I look back, and you know, we in, like we enjoyed it. It was tough, yeah. and you you wouldn't we, have done any differently, mate. We hated Billy Johnson forty five minutes, but then he's your best mate. He's yeah. a, he's a Absolute champion guy. Yep. Now, um, you, you do, you know, you'd absorb all that, mm. what he threw at you. And yeah. he, oh, he threw everything at you. Uh, and he didn't, like, he, if you couldn't cave, he'd unload. Yeah. And he, he tough. He'd make an example of you. Yeah, he'd give it to you. Yeah. And when you look back and when you, you know in your mind, and I'll reflect back to 98. Yep. Newcastle, we beat them in extra time. Yep. The next week, we beat Parramatta in extra time, which is quite a famous. Huge. You know, we're 18-2 down with yep. 10 to go. Um, you know, in a in a funny sort of way, I guess, you know you'd done the work with Billy Johnson, so you knew you could last. Yep. You know, you knew... Um, you'd done all the hard work, you know, things might not have been going right. If we hung in there, yeah, we could keep doing it. We could keep doing it because we were confident we could. Yeah. Because after what we'd been doing with Billy all year and the yeah. year before, we knew we were hardened. You know, we knew we could cope. Yeah. And unfortunately, we come up against probably the greatest Brisbane side of all time, yeah. 98. And they, Huge. You know, we're doing it right to laugh time. <laughs> Still, and then it, it turns. Yeah, I had a yarn to Elf about it actually, and yeah. well, we're in camp. <laughs> he, <laughs> he he let me know about it. Yeah, thanks, Elf. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we knew with Billy, and you know, Billy, you got and a lot of blokes. You know, Gav Lester, just you know, yep. ninety eight, great, great, had a wonderful year. Great player, Gav. Yeah, you know. Just did the hard work. Shaney Martini, you know, we we just all did the hard work yep. and we and weren't the greatest side on paper. And, and so when you do the hard work Monday to Friday, does that give you a belief on Saturday and Sunday that we've done this? My word. We're, does it? My word. Yeah. It, it It's emotionally got to set you on the right foot. Yeah. It's hard while you're doing it. We all know that. But it's hard while you're playing footy. Yeah. You know, even today, there's periods on the field. If you know, if you if you could substitute all that hard work, I'd love to know how to do it. Yeah, you know, we'd all love to know how to do that. But there's no secret. There, the, is there? The, it's hard work, yeah. and we knew we'd done the hard work. We we knew we were fit enough, we were strong yeah. enough. Emotionally, you just knew you could cope with what whatever yeah. they threw at you. You know, some sometimes teams beat you. They're just better football teams. You know, they yep. they played better. That's just that's life. Yeah. But when it got into an and Canterbury, 
we thrived on arm wrestle, you know. Get them into the arm wrestle. We've done hard work. We know if we stick in there, we can get them, you know. Newsflash, Jason and I recorded that part of the interview at about 2.30am one morning. Shit-faced. Can you tell? (laughs) The former apprentice Carpner has dropped in on Andy Raymond unfiltered, in fact qualified now. AJ Brimson, how'd you go on the tools, mate? Any good? Oh, look, I uh, I was good while I was doing it, but I have uh, I picked up the tool belt um, a couple of times since, and I'm a bit rusty, so I'd okay. have, to, I'd have to do my apprenticeship again, I think. Tell us a little bit about your junior footy, mate. A lot of it was played at the famous Kibra Park High, wasn't it? Yeah, so basically a little quick story. I probably love footy. Grew up mad footy house and played um, from under sixes, and then I hit about, about 11 or 12, and I kind of was just full-time touch footy. Yep. And... Um, did that for about three years until I went to Keeper Park. And um, even there, I, I had no idea, even under 15s, year 10, you know, most most of the kids are, you know, making South Coast, Queensland, Australia, all that sort of stuff. And um, I was Queensland touched that year and um, didn't get a, didn't make the district team for um, Gold Coast. So that wasn't um, on my mind at that time. And then I kind of really started to understand the game throughout year 11 and 12 at Keeper Park and, um, but yeah, like I said, I remember being in year 10 and, um, filling in for the halves that were away at camp and not knowing mm. where to stand on the kickoff, kind of asking the front row, you know, I just thought everyone kind of spread out, you know, I had no idea <laughs> that the halves would be back there in the front. Like I remember looking around being so lost and then, um, I just used to, you know, play touch, used to try to step people used to not really at all understand squaring up numbers mm. or anything like that. But, um, kind of learned that throughout year 11, 12 and, um, Got picked up by the Titans just on very basic recruitment, you know, one day a month type of stuff. And, yep. um, yeah, it kind of all just took off from there. Were you uh, a little fella at school? Um, yeah, I was never the tallest kid in the class, but I think I was I was never the shortest. I was, I was just a little bit below um, the medium there. But, um, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Who was, uh, who was the best at Cooper Park at the time you were there, mate? Does anyone stand out? Uh, there was um, young Brent Wolf who just had a preseason with us at Tweed Seagulls. Yeah. Um, he was in the halves when I was in year ten, and you know there was there was no way I was ever going to play over him, which was rightfully so. You know I wasn't as good as him um, yep. at all. But um, obviously Fafita was coming through the ranks. I could see in the junior footy. Yep. Um, Kane Hass, um, Tom McKayley both played as our front rowers in year twelve, and they were nearly unstoppable. So. Um, but there was, yeah, it was, we had quite the team. Yeah. Cool insight. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Chat again soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And this week, our trucker's cap goes to luckless Warriors fan, NZ Wolf. Thanks for the nice review and the five stars, Legend. The cap will be on its way soon. It's that easy to win. Leave a review wherever you're listening and give us that five-star treatment. It really helps us, guys. If you could do that, it would be enormous. Give us some love, you fucking sexy lot.
Ah, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Mm-hmm.